This is KMTT, and this is Ezra Beck. Today's shiur is the shiur on Pashat HaShavua, this week's Pasha, Pashat Tzav. Last week in Pashat Vayikva, we began the discussion, the laws of different sacrifices, korbanot. It's continued in this week's Pashat Tzav. Uh, as is clear from the beginning of the Pasha, which says Tzav et Aaron Beit Banav this Pasha is addressed as a kohanim, whereas the previous Pasha was addressed to the Jewish people, and that explains some of the differences between them and some of the repetitions, as well as the expansions. But in, in, in general, we're dealing with the laws of the Korbanot. Uh, there are many different kinds of Korbanot, and the Pasha is divided by those kinds. Zot Torah Ta'ola, this is the law of the Korban called Ola, Zot Torah Ta'chatat, Zot Torah Ta'mincha, Zot Torah Ha'shlamim. Uh, it's a compendium of all the laws of the Korbanot. The first is listed as being... Zot Torat Ha'ola. These are the laws. This is the law of the Ola. Ola is translated in English translations as burnt offering because uh, what is not apparent in the next few psukim, but it's clear in other places, the Ola is completely burnt. Other sacrifices, parts of it are eaten, either by the Kohanim or by the person who brought it. Uh, but the Ola is Khalil, it's completely burnt on the altar with nothing else done. Apparently that's why that's why English is called the burnt offering. All offerings are burnt, but this one is completely burnt. And that perhaps is why it's called an ole, because it's kula ole. All parts of it go up. Um, now we expect after the opening of the Pasuk, Zotorat Ola, to hear the laws of the Ola. Uh, at least those laws which are connected to the Kohanim, since this Pasha is addressed to the Kohanim. And here's how the Pasha actually Continue. Zot Torah Ta'ola. Hi Ha'ola. Al Mokeda al Hamizbeach Kol Halayla Adaboke Ve'Eish Hamizbeach Tukadbo. These are the laws of the Ola, and now a strange interjection. This he that that is the Ola, the famous Ola apparently, which is on its burning place. On I, I would translate it as pyre. I, I see in the English it's translated as hearth, but hearth sounds like some sort of a structure. There is no structure here, it's just the altar. So, uh, it means the place where the burning takes place. The, 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 I think the pyre is a good translation. He ha'ola al-mukda, on its pyre, on top of the altar, all night, until the morning. And the fire of the altar shall burn in it, or on it. We expected to hear the laws of the Allah. And this is a law of the Olah, but it's not about the sacrifice of the Olah. It, it says, and which Olah, what, what Olah are we talking about? Hiya Olah, this is the Olah, which all night long, when basically the Beit HaMikdash is closed down, and you're not doing anything, nothing's being done, it sits and burns on the, fa, on the altar all night, on a new word, Al-Mukda, on the place of its burning, till the morning, and the fire of the altar shall burn to kad, a verb based on the same word as mokda, shall burn on it. I'll get back to the word it in a second. So let me continue reading the parasha. It says that the Kohen should, I guess in the morning, uh, collect the ashes and place them next to the Mizbech, and then he changes his clothes, and he takes them out to a holy place outside of the camp. 
So we have two whole psukim dealing with what you do with the ashes that are left over. When are we going to get to the actual korban? What, what, what do you do with the sacrifice? Do you, do you slaughter it? Do you, do you throw its blood? Next pasuk, pasuk hey. Va'esh ala mizbeach tu kadbo lo tichbeh. And the fire that is on the altar shall tukad, shall burn on it and not be extinguished. Uvi'er alea kohen eitzima boka baboka and the kohen shall burn on it. Wood. Every morning, he should arrange on it the Ola. Different sacrifice, not even the subject here. And he should, we talked about this last week, he should turn into smoke on it the fats of the Koban that's called Shlamim. A permanent fire, a constant fire shall burn on top of the altar and not be extinguished. You get the distinct impression that the sacrifice that we call the Allah is not actually the focus of this pasha. It seems that way. It definitely formally is that way. The opening begins, Zotorata Allah. And the very next pasha is Zotorata Mincha, which will tell us, in fact, how to sacrifice a mincha. But here, although it says Zotorata Olah, you then have Hiya Olah, which burns on the altar and the fire of the altar burns on it. And then, we get to talk about fire. The only technical halacha described is what to do with the ashes of that fire. And then you have the psukim that refer explicitly the subject of Pasuk, hey, and Vav is the fire. And the fire which is on the altar shall burn on it and not be extinguished. And you should put wood on it every day and oh, oh yeah, also the Ola. And also other Kobanot. But it turns out, at least in this Pasha, I'm saying the other Pasha, which will be more explicit about the Ola. But this Pasha, having mentioned the Ola, Seems to go off on a tangent. He ha ola, the ola that I want to tell you what to do. Oh, that, that's the ola which is the fire. It's on the fire. It's in the fire. It's part of the fire. And the fire is very, very important. It's an esh tamid tukad al hamizbeach lotich be may not be extinguished. In fact, this law that says the esh hamizbeach tukad bo, a statement about the fire and not about the sacrifice, is repeated three times in the sixth psukim of this section. The first, uh, the second pasuk actually, the first pasuk finishes with, and the fire of the altar shall burn, shall be incendiary in it. The it here is apparently the moked, the, the fire. The fire of the altar Two possibilities. I, I'm not sure which one. They're both difficult, so I'm sharing it with you. The Eish of Izbech to cut bow and the fire of the altar shall burn on the altar. That seems kind of obvious. The fire of the altar shall burn on the altar. The other possibility is the Moked, because it said, Hi ha'ola al-Mukda ala Mizbech kol 
the fire of the water shall burn on the mokeh. But what is a mokeh? A mokeh is also, it's just a fire. It's, it's a, maybe means a big fire, perhaps. Mokeh is really unclear. A, an intense fire, as a verb, and later on in the Nevi'im, sometimes the mokeh, yukad, means to burn intensely. That's how it's used in modern Hebrew. But the fire of the altar shall burn, whatever it means, it means the same thing. We're talking about the fire here. It's not that the fire should burn the olah and get rid of it. We're not talking about how to burn up the, 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 uh, the meat. The fire doesn't serve the meat. The meat serves the fire. This olah is placed on the fire and the fire shall burn in that place. That's the first statement. Then skipping the part about the ashes. The fifth pasuk. Same thing. Here, the bow does appear to be the Mizbech. The fire on the altar shall tukadbo, shall burn intensely on it and not be extinguished. Here, the tukad is opposed to being extinguished. You should make sure it's a big enough fire that so doesn't get extinguished. And then the last pasuk, again, says the same thing again. Three times it says that the fire should tukad, should burn, I'm going to just say this because I have no other way of translating it, should burn intensely. Uh, fiery on it and not be extinguished. It says that three times out of the five psukim that say something all together in this parasha. I think it's obvious and I think this is shot now that the the focus of these six psukim including the opening pasuk by Deber Hashem is the law of the Allah is the most important law of the Allah is that the fire should burn all the time. In other words, the fire doesn't serve the sacrifice, the sacrifice serves the fire. The altar that's mentioned here, Al Mukda Allah Mizbeach, Kolalaila. Even when talking about the ashes in Pasuk Gimel. The ashes which were burnt by the fire of the Allah on the altar. The ashes are placed next to the altar. The fire on the altar shall burn fiercely on it. A fire a permanent fire shall burn intensely on the altar and not be extinguished. This altar is in fact called in many places. Mizbach HaOla. Even though all sacrifices are brought on it. It's called the altar of the Ola. And when it was commanded to be built, in the end of Pashat Etzaveh, it says, make an altar. And what are you going to do on the altar? You're going to sacrifice every day to Olot. The daily uh, sacrifice, public sacrifice of the temple, was two Olot, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Koban Tamid, Koban Tamir is a Koban Allah. And I think what the Torah is saying here is something which we might have missed otherwise. It seems obvious, and it's also true. There's a need to sacrifice. Talked a bit about it last week, as to what the sacrifice accomplishes. Does other things as well. There's the blood, there's the, the, the kapara, the atonement, by bringing a sacrifice, by giving something to God. 
And there's a law as to where you do it, before you need a Beit HaMikdash, and how you do it. And there's also very, very detailed laws which are interested in other themselves. But here the Torah is saying something else, specifically about Korban HaOla, and I think about Korban HaTamid, although the word Tamid does not appear here connected with the Ola. There are other Olot, and these are the laws of all the Olot. But when it says that it should burn there every single day and not ever be extinguished, then we're at least basically referring to the daily, twice daily, Korban Ola, which is Tamid, and therefore can be a basis for the Esh Tamid, the permanent fire. And that is that the sacrifices are not the only focus, not the main focus, or at least not the only focus, not the focus of this Pasha, and what takes place in the Beit HaMikdash. But on the contrary, the Beit HaMikdash has an altar, and the purpose of the altar is that there should be on it a fire. Now the fire clearly has to be fed, which is why in the midst of this parasha, talking about the Olah, it says also, you have to bring wood. It's not going to burn all the time if there's not a continuous amount of wood. Chances are it won't even burn up the sacrifice, which is meat and blood and flesh, if there isn't a big enough fire, namely a ma'aracha, an arrangement of an arrangement of wood, a bonfire built out of wood. So you do need the wood to make it successful, but the purpose is the fire. And therefore, the fire, and therefore, we can we even throw in This fire exists and it also absorbs that taken from the other Korbanot. But the whole purpose is fire. And this fire is Esh Tamid. It's interesting, the Pasuk works its way up slowly. The first time it's mentioned in Pasuk Bet, in the second Pasuk, it says that it's on the Mokade, the, the, the fireplace, the pyre, all night through the morning, and the fire should burn there. The second time, in Pasuk Hey, it says, and the fire which is on the Mizbeach, on the altar, shall burn there and not be put out. Here it adds the word lo tichbeh. And every morning the Kohen should put their uh, wood. Now if it's, if it's been burning there all night, now it turns out that it cannot go out, so you have to add wood in the morning. And the last Pasuk says explicitly, Eish tamid, that's the new expression that appears in Pasuk Vav. Eish tamid tukadam izbech lo tichbeh. And that's the end of this Pashat Olah. In this pasha, the Ola is only the means for producing the kind of fire which we want to have on the altar. And this changes our attitude, this changes our orientation completely. At least in the context of this pasha, the Mikdash is a place that has an altar, and the altar has a permanently burning fire on it. And your job is to make sure that that fire exists, one of the laws of that fire is that it should be produced, among other things, by a constant sacrifice. Now, a constant sacrifice is different than a constant fire. A constant fire is really 24 hours a day. constant sacrifice is twice a day, but it's called constant because it's like, it's like all the time. In fact, Chazal learned from here an interesting halacha, which wouldn't have been obvious, namely that you sacrifice during the day. At nighttime, the mikdash doesn't work. 
all the details of the sacrifice, the, the actions of the sacrifice, slaughter, receiving the blood, sprinkling of the blood, have to be done in daytime. The meat is placed on the altar and it burns by itself all night. Kol halayla ad haboker. And that's a halacha. That's what the mikdash does at night. The doors are closed. People go to sleep basically. But the fire continues to burn all night, burning up the sacrifices that are placed on it. So the sacrifice, at least in the context mentioned here, it doesn't say what you do with the sacrifice. It says it should be on... All it says is that this should be on the fire... It should be on the fire all night. And then you should take away the ashes. So the fire that burns in the Mikdash, among other things, is produced by a sacrifice. That's an important point. But it's still changing our orientation. You need to have a fire. One of the lachot is this fire isn't made only on wood. And it's not made only by, would be much more effective, a gas jet. That would be really permanent. It would just, it would just be there. Now you have to keep feeding it. And in definition, it's really Eishah Ola. To keep it going better, you also add wood. The wood is important. But, if, but it, the context is Ola. So it's not just a fire. It's a fire that's produced by human sacrifice. I'll get to that in a second. But the main point is that it's a fire. And here we have a different version of what goes on in the Mikdash. Last week, in the context of Pashat Vayikra, so I introduced a theory that says that we bring sacrifices, we're turning the physical into the spiritual. We're linking, we're making a link, a bridge, a connection, a, a union or a connection, a union of connection between heaven and earth, between the physical and the spiritual. Something with when there is no Mikdash, there's a divorce, there's a gap. Now it's just from something completely different. The Mikdash is not the place where the physical becomes spiritual. It's the place where there is a permanent fire burning, a place on this earth where there's a permanent fire burning. What does that fire signify? I think the answer is obvious. You'll undoubtedly agree with me. I hope. The fire is the presence of God. God's presence into the Jews in the desert was signified by the cloud and the pillar of fire. The cloud obscures the pillar of fire. The pillar of fire is the heart representing the spirit of the, 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 the presence of God. So the Mikdash here, this is the other version of Mikdash, is the home of God. And there's a visual, I would say physical, but it's fire, it's not quite physical. There's a visual, real, perceptible expression representation of the presence of God and that's the Aish and that's why it's Tamid. So that's something you do. You don't light a fire. There is fire there and it has to be maintained. Tamid, three times the Pasuk will repeat, Lo tich be chas If I call the fire the presence of God so you can say, Lo tich be, of course, chas v'shalom, that the fire should go out. And it's called Aish Tamid. Interestingly enough, and this is only a suggestion, in fact, historically, when they built the Mikdash, the Mishkan, I'm saying, when they built the Mishkan, 
the first fire that was lit, next week's parasha, Pashat Shmini, came down from heaven. In the Chanukat Habayit, when they inaugurated the Mishkan, so there were all sorts of korbanot that were arranged by Aaron and Banav, the beginning of Pashat Shmini, and then, and fire came out before God and burnt up those sacrifices. And to take one step further, two sons of Aaron, Hikrivu Eish Zarah at the same time, causing a catastrophe. And they themselves were burnt. What's an Eish Zarah? Nobody knows. In the context, the Eish Zarah is any other fire other than the fire of God. Now, I cannot claim with surety that that fire never went out, but it surely, it surely is suggested by the juxtaposition of the command in this week's parasha and the, what takes place in next week's parasha. If the fire may not go out and the fire was lit directly by God, milifnei Hashem, fire came down from heaven, that's the fire that continued to burn forever. Now, obviously, halachic, the fire goes out, you relight it. But in terms of conception, clearly the fire is the presence of God. In fact, it was the presence of God. It doesn't represent it. It actually, well, it's still a representation, but it represented it historically as an event. Fire came down from heaven and burnt, and I believe continued to burn. Or anything we make sure that continues to burn, we're continuing the original fire. The original fire is God. And whatever we do afterwards is continuing that. So clearly, that's, that's the point here. What's the place for sacrifices in this? Ah, that's really interesting. The, sacrifice, the, the fire burns from sacrifices. It's not serving the sacrifice. It's not a way of making the sacrifice better. The sacrifice is a way of making the fire better. So here we have an idea which we've touched on before. I think here it's, 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 it's more, more prominent, more, more shocking even. The very presence of God, that's what the fire represents, is, is, is produced out of, it's fed by, it's maintained by sacrifices of the Jewish people. And, and just based on this parasha, I would say that's, that's the whole point. Based on the next parasha, so it could be that it has to start from God. They never lit it. It was lit by fire from heaven. And then, continue to my point. Okay, but the fire as it exists, the continuing fire, and a fire that's not continuous is not a fire. That's what fires are. They're processes. They just... It's not a fact, it's not a thing that just exists. It has to be fed all the time. Otherwise it's just a spark. So the spark came from heaven. But now, the, the very spark that came from heaven, Pashat Shmini, immediately burnt up, began to consume the sacrifices that Aaron had put on the Mizbech. And now we're commanded yeah, to bring a Korban Olah. And there were laws of Korban Olah, of course. You'll figure them out eventually in other parashiyot. But I want to tell you now, which Olah am I talking about? It's the Olah which feeds the permanent fire. And that's what I think the word Moked here means. In, in, in terms of actual details, I'm not sure, I'm never so able to explain to you why a Moked is different than an Esh. Fire is fire. And the word Moked means the place of the fire. And the, the verb, Tukadbo, means should burn. But I think the word mokeid means, means that, means the place of the fire. It's, it, that's why the word hearth, which is in the English translations, isn't actually bad. It's, it's, it's a place whose definition is where fire burns. And that's what's supposed to take place. It's not that you're supposed to light fires in the mikdash, which could then go out. The mikdash is a hearth. The mikdash is a, is a pyre. The mikdash is a place where the fire is its essence. 
it's, it's its physical being. The non-physical fire is the physical being of the Mikdash. Everything else is just scenery. It's just the basis for it. And so that's called the Mukait. He ha'ola, the sacrifice which is the ola, is placed not on the altar. It's placed on the Mukait on the altar. In other words, the altar is not a place where you burn sacrifices. The altar is a place which is the basis for the fiery presence of God, the Moked. You know, if it was today, and we were doing this on our own, we wouldn't do it with wood. And not merely because it's a little bit impractical. Of course we would do it. We would do it with gas. And not merely to save time and work. You want it to be a permanent, an ishtamid, then the very fact you have to keep feeding it, we would feel in our stomachs that it's not tamid. So we would set it up. In other words, the building has a fire because the building has a gas support, or let's say electricity. You know, like the H tamids in all our shuls are electric, and they're permanent. And it's not merely because we feel, okay, you don't have to come constantly change the oil, which really probably was a tremendous pain in the days when they used oil. But also because we want to build it. We want to build a fire. We want to build a H tamid. And I think that's the pshat in the word mokade. It's not a fire. Fires need to be fed. It's a mokade. It's a permanent, it's a place. Just like there's a mizbech, there's a mokade. The mokade is on the mizbech. But nonetheless, and not merely, in my opinion, because the Torah couldn't tell us to use jets of gas because they weren't available, but I think the point is, no, 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 and it's, it's a permanent part only because you work all the time and keep feeding it. So yes, we do use wood and we do use kovanot twice a day. And you have to work at it constantly in the morning when the ola is completely finished and you just have ashes left and the ashes are no good anymore. You have to take them away. So therefore you bring every day a set of etzim, of wood, to make sure the fire burns. Because that's the point. It's a permanent presence of God in the world that is encompassed and maintained by continual sacrifice, continual bringing, continual people. That's a deep paradox in the very word mokade. A mokade is a structure that has no permanence unless you, its permanence comes from exertion of effort. The mizbeach, on the other hand, is a structure. You built it once, it stays. So you need a mizbeach, but the truth is the olad doesn't burn on the altar. It burns on the mokade that's on the altar. It burns on the fire that's on the altar, which is called the Mokeid. And so the Mizbeach was built once and it stays, but the Mokeid, wow, you have to, you have to keep all the time feeding it, or as the Pasuk says, Be'esha Mizbeach Tukadbo. And the fire of the Mizbeach should Tukadbo on the Mizbeach, I think. The, the fire on the Mizbeach should not just be on the Mizbeach, but it should become... A, a, an object, a fiery burning presence on top or in, inside, inside the Mizbeach. There is a Chassidah Shavat, which really, it says this, it says this even better. But, but it's a Vat, it, it's not Pshat. But I can't help not mentioning it. Ve'esha Mizbeach Tukadbo, I thank my colleague Ravandan Bazak for mentioning this to me this morning. 
What is Bo? As I said before, it's, it's not clear. Not, there's no obvious answer. The fire of the altar should burn on the altar. Of course. The fire of the altar should burn on the fire. Of course. So there's a chashish that says, Vesha Bezbech Tukad Bo is the Kohen. Tzabet Aaron v'yed banav le'imor. Speak to Aaron and his children saying, this is the laws of the Olah, which is on the fire all night. And the fire of the Mizbech Tukad, Bo! fire of the Mizbech burns in the Kohen. It's true, just not pshat. But it's true. The point is that the Moked has to have something burning it. And the real answer we know is, is, is the Jews. So they do it, halachika, you do it by providing constant sacrifices. So technically the fire is burning the meat of the sacrifice. But the point I'm making, which I think is really is, is really the pshat, is we are the support. We are the cause, so to speak, of the presence of God in the world. Which is not surprising. We said that weeks ago. Ba'asuli mikdash, you shall make for me a sanctuary. V'shachanti bitocham. And I will dwell in your midst. They shall make for me a sanctuary. I shall dwell in their midst. Which everybody comments on. You make a house, but God dwells in the Jews. So here, forgetting the Chesed Shavuot, you have the same philosophic point. The fire of God, God's presence, is a permanent, it's a feature of a physical building. But it doesn't exist beneath. If God could send fire down from the heavens, He could have also kept it going. No, 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 no. God lit the fire, but this fire's permanent presence in the world, not a flash, not a lightning flash, not a spark, but a pyre, a hearth, a, a fire as a structure, it's lit by a spark. But what it is, is avodat Hashem. It's the Ola. Zot Torah Ola. That is the true meaning of Torah Ta'ola. Torah Ta'ola is that we, Ovdei Hashem, servants of God, burn, produce, the fiery presence, the fiery presence of God. And therefore, if Tukar also includes, and it does include it, although only as a hint, not just a fire, not a small fire, but a big fire, after all, just to keep it burning so that you could do another sacrifice tomorrow, if the fire served the sacrifice, you would, first of all, you could light it again. But secondly, you would keep a small fire. And truth is, you don't even need a small fire. An ember is enough. That's how people practically kept the fires burning. They kept a, a coal, and an, an ember, which you can then light up. But this is too kadvo. The fire should be burning, should be... It does include the word intense. Somehow it, it hints at an intense fire, a large fire. It's not a pilot light, for those of you who still remember pilot lights, which you leave in the stove. You leave the thing burning brightly, very brightly, consuming, a consuming fire. And therefore you have to keep feeding it a lot of things so they have something to consume. Because the presence of God is derived out of the consummation of what we feed it, of our souls. Tu kadbo, as the Chassid Shavuot said, in your hearts. That's where the fire comes you're worried that you'll be consumed and disappeared by it, so remember a different, a different uh, image, 
which we carry in our hearts. First time a Jew saw the fire of God it was Moshe Rabbeinu by the Sneh. Also, you can feed a fire without the fire consuming and negating you. On the contrary. And so that is the picture of the Mishkan, which once again, I think we don't have. We're missing it. At least we're missing it somewhat. But that definitely is the ideal that's being expressed here. In this world, you build a structure which God can call home. And that structure contains and shows and, and, and beams to the rest of the world the fire of God, the presence of God. And that has to be maintained constantly, tamid. You can't light it and walk away. But constantly maintained by human devotion to God, human sacrifice to God, and human willingness to be over the Hashem. Lo There's a prohibition to allow it to go out even for, even for a second. Shabbat Shalom, Begam Purim. Purim Sameach, today is Erev Purim.